Turn your Bibles tonight to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 3 is where we're going to start this evening. And we'll turn to several other passages of Scripture tonight, as we usually do on a Wednesday night. But we'll start in a familiar verse tonight, 2 Timothy chapter number 3. And we'll read one verse of Scripture in this chapter, verse number 16. And that's where we'll get started and move throughout the rest of the Bible study this evening. Uh, let's uh, be faithful. Uh, let's just be excited about what God is doing in a busy, busy few weeks as we try and get some of these last-minute projects done, getting ready for the Sunday school to get back going, buses to run again, uh, and then the, the um, uh, dedication day, miracle offering, the conference coming up. So some exciting times, and I'm looking forward to uh, what, how God puts all of this together with the possibility of property next door, and uh, then the, uh, the, the master plan and the phase one. And there may or may not, we may or may not be sneaking phase two in there as well, uh, but you'll have to be there on that day. And uh, it's exciting to see what God is doing. And so I want you to stay uh, excited about it and faithful and be praying, be much in prayer. Second Timothy 3, verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Uh, the scripture uh, we know that we have the Word of God. Uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. The Bible I have is a, an inspired book, uh, meaning it is God-breathed. Just as God breathed life into the first man, uh, God has breathed life into His Word. And because it has been preserved, uh, our Bible is just as inspired uh, as it has ever been. And I want us to think just for a moment about how valuable the Bible is to us. The Bible is precious. It's the Word of God. This verse tells us that it is profitable. It tells us of all the reasons that it is profitable for doctrine. We wouldn't know what to believe outside of the Bible. That's why uh, when, when, when religions are, are formed, and I use that word loosely, and cults are formed, and, uh, and, they're, and they're outside of the Bible, they can't be right because the doctrine is not going to be right. For reproof, for correction, that's some of the things that we don't like about the Scripture. We need correction for instruction in righteousness. The Bible is so valuable to us. Uh, there are places in this world uh, where... Uh, they would love to just have a page of Scripture. And most of us have multiple Bibles that we own. I want to praise the Lord for that. But I want to speak tonight with this verse in mind and then talk about uh, the proper attitude towards the Word of God. Uh, we, we were in a Bible-believing church, right? Okay, um, you scared me there for a minute. Uh, we're a Bible-preaching church, Bible-believing church. Uh, we're a King James Bible. We believe this is the inspired Word of God. We may know, we're not ashamed of that. We believe that's where we ought to stand as a church. We believe that's what a marriage ought to be built on is the Word of God. That's what a home should be built on is the Word of God. That's what a life can be built on. We know these things, but I'm afraid sometimes... Uh, we get distracted and we lose sight of just how valuable God's Word is to us and then the attitude we're to have towards the Bible. Now, I believe tonight's Bible study is going to be good for all of us, but especially those of us who had the privilege of growing up in a Christian home. You're a second generation, third generation, as you're referred to. You've always had the Bible around. 
Uh, you've always been around the Word of God. Uh, we can get complacent in our attitude towards even the Word of God. And so tonight I want to speak on the proper attitude towards the Word of God. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to have the Word of God, to open it, to read it, uh, to allow it to make uh, changes in our life, uh, to allow it to help us to become more like you. And Father, we certainly uh, want to make sure we have the proper attitudes towards the Scripture. And while this will be a very simple and very practical uh, message tonight, I, I know it will be helpful uh, as we're reminded of these things. Uh, bless our time remaining, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've already given you much of the introduction. I have seven things I want to get to this evening, and so I'll jump into them in just a moment. But just to remind you uh, how our attitude ought to be towards the Word of God. Uh, this is a precious book. We'll say that. We like to say amen. That's right, preacher. We got, the, we got the words of God. We have the mind of God on paper, and we can know what God is thinking. But what is our attitude towards that? It's one thing to have something as precious as the Word of God. And let me make this analogy, and I'll, we'll get into the first, the first attitude I want to mention tonight. Uh, I, I love being an American. I'm proud to be an American. Uh, there's no other country I'd rather live in. This is the greatest country on the face of the planet, in my humble opinion. I, I, I'm appreciative of the heritage that I have. As somebody who enjoys reading the history of our nation and study the history of our nation, I have an appreciation because I understand what has taken place. But notice what happens in our nation today and what can happen in our own life. We take for granted of the wonderful privilege it is of, of being an American. Uh, boy, I'm proud to be an American. Okay, are you fulfilling your responsibilities as a citizen to be a good American? Uh, just like I, we have the Word of God. We know we have the Word of God. And I'll, I'll fight anybody who says that this is not the inspired, preserved Word of God. Okay, but that's great. I'm glad you'll fight for it. You should fight for it. But how is your daily attitude toward it? How do we treat it? Turn with me to the book of James. James chapter number 1. James chapter number 1. And we'll read verse number 21. I'll mention the first point tonight in consideration of our proper attitude towards the Word of God is we should approach the Word of God with meekness. Verse 21 of James chapter 1, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted Word which is able to save your souls. We're to approach the Word of God with meekness, with a humble spirit, you know why a lost man <clears throat> does not get saved when he's confronted with the Scripture and the Scripture tells him that he's a sinner? The Scripture tells him that he cannot work his way to heaven. And when he rejects that, it's because he doesn't have the humble spirit he should have. We should approach <clears throat> the Word of God with a meekness, with a humbleness. How do we approach the Scripture in our Daily Bible reading. How do we approach the scripture when it's <clears throat> preached from a pulpit or taught from a Sunday school class? And we, ought to we ought to have a humble approach to the word of God. Uh, we, we should humble ourselves under the truths of scripture. See, when we, we as Christians, we reject what the Bible says is because we think too much of ourselves. I can't tell you how many unfortunate conversations I've had as a pastor when uh, somebody wants to go their own way and at least they're allowing me to have a conversation with them. I say, no, this is what the Bible says. And then they immediately respond, well, this is what I think. 
And if I hadn't heard, it hurts my head when you try and compare those two. This is what God has said. Well, this is what I think. And we place ourselves and our opinion on the same level as God's word. That's not approaching it in a humble manner. Uh, we need to approach the word of God with meekness. A humble approach to the word of God realizing we are subject to it. We are to be subject to the word of God. Meaning, we should live under its authority. Can I ask you a question tonight? Of course, you don't have to answer it out loud. Uh, but do you live under the authority of the word of God? Or do you live under the authority of the culture? Do you live under the authority of the word of God? Or do you live under the authority of your own opinion and understanding? We're to approach it humbly because we're to live under it. We're to live in subjection to it, but not just in subjection to it. I think this is an area that, that Christians forget. We need to be reminded that we are going to be judged by it. Okay, can I help us tonight? There's not going to be a survey that judges us one day. This word is going to judge us. Your group of friends is not who you're going to stand before one day and be measured against. It's the Word of God. It's not the Internet that's going to judge you one day. It's the Word of God. It's not religious circles that's going to judge you one day. It's the Word of God. Do we not, as Christians, have this backwards, where in this life we live, we find ourselves paying more attention to what our friends think than what the Word of God thinks? We're going to be judged by this. This church is not going to be judged by Clay County, Duval County, any other county. This church is going to be judged by the Word of God and how faithful we were to the Word of God. This preacher is not going to be judged, not even by you. I am not going to be judged by you. I'll be judged by this book. And did I perform my duties in a scriptural manner? Hey, mom and dad, as you rear your children, whatever blog or Facebook group, you're not going to stand before them one day with their philosophy. You're going to stand and be judged by this book on how you reared your children. Husband and wife, the same thing can, can be said about a marriage. Dr. Phil is not who you're answering to. It's the Word of God. God is not going to, we're not going to stand before God one day and Him say, Oh, well, I like you, so I'm, no. It is the same Word that He has given us that we're to be subjected to. And if we really did humble ourselves, we'd take that humble approach and let the Word of God instruct us. You know, as a Christian, you'll be okay. You won't be perfect. None of us are perfect, but you'll be okay if you can take instruction from the Bible. If you can take instruction from God's Word, <clears throat> we should approach the Word of God with meekness. In that regard, I'll ask you tonight, and as we get to each one of these, our uh, are, do you approach the Word of God with meekness? Or without our flesh, uh, our pride, uh, when something is preached from the Word of God from the pulpit, do we bow up? Uh, do we ignore? I hope that we're not distracted when we read our Bible on a daily basis and when the Spirit of God speaks to us. I hope we don't ignore that. 
as we take time to let the Word of God speak to us? Do we approach the Word of God with meekness? And I'll say this, and I'll move on. Uh, at some point, I'll move on, but I'll, I'll say this. Um, uh, it, how, I forgot what I was going to say now. Good, good for y'all. I'm just going to move on. Uh, but we should approach the Word of God with meekness. It determines how we live in life. If we're willing to subject ourselves, our attitude towards the Word of God, if we submit to it. Number two, turn with me to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter number three, another familiar verse. Colossians chapter number three. And I'll be reading verse 16. The second thing I'll mention tonight is this. When dealing with our attitude towards the Word of God, we should approach the Word of God and allow it to dwell in us. You ever had a conversation with somebody who goes in one ear and out the other? Every mother in here is nodding their head. And it's not because they're thinking of their children. They're thinking of their husband. Uh, well, they go in one ear and out the other. Uh, we've all heard that. We've all accused somebody else of that. And I would dare say we've all been guilty of that. I look around the room tonight, and I see a lot of guilty people. Of, well, anyway, uh, when it comes to the Word of God, we should not let it go in one ear and out the other. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the Word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. How do you know if the Word of God is dwelling in you? I have encountered in my life people who could quote a lot of Scripture, but the Word of God was not dwelling with them. There, there, are, there are many I've encountered who can quote more Scripture than I can quote, but the Word of God is not dwelling in them. There, there's a lot of people who know a lot about the Bible, but the Word of God is not dwelling in them. And I want our young people especially to listen to me on this point. You can be around the Word of God a lot. You can, you can have and be in a Christian school and have to turn in your things. You can be in Bible college and have to memorize certain things, and the Word of God does not dwell in you. How do we know if it dwells in us? See, it's a dangerous thing to be around the Bible and not let it dwell in us. Uh, you ever, you, ever, you ever heard anybody say something like this? They know, they, they know enough about this subject to be dangerous. Meaning they think they know enough to deal with a certain subject, but they know just enough to get themselves in trouble. Uh, it's mighty dangerous to know enough about the Bible because we've been around it, but not to let it dwell in us. Let me very quickly point out how we know that it dwells within us because if the Word of God dwells within us, we develop Bible wisdom in our life. We cannot live by emotion. We need to live by Bible wisdom. And the more Word of God that we, when we're around the Word of God, the more opportunity we have to have it dwell in us and we'll develop wisdom. Why is that? It's simple because the Bible is the source of wisdom. Let me give you a, a, a just a simple definition of wisdom. When the Bible talks about wisdom, it's how God sees things. What is wisdom? I want to get wisdom. What am I saying by saying that? I want to see things how God sees things. As a, as a parent, I want and I need wisdom. 
as I rear my children, meaning as I rear them, I want to see the situation. I want to see the responsibility as God sees it. As a pastor, the pastor of this church, I need wisdom. Many of you have expressed to me that you pray for me to have wisdom. I need wisdom. What is wisdom? Not not pastoring how the world and society says that I'm the pastor of church. It's seeing it as God sees it through the scripture. This is what God wants. In my daily life, in your daily life, we, we, we have to be reminded as a child of God, this is not our permanent residence. We're a citizen of another country. We're pilgrims passing through. But sometimes we think that because we're on this planet, that that wisdom comes from things that know. Wisdom is seeing things the way God sees it. That's how you know. That's how I know as a pastor, you have new Christians come in, or you have new new ones come into the church, you can see them grow. What do we mean by that? You can see them making decisions based on how God sees things. That's a change from an unsaved man to a saved man. And likewise, you can see when individuals are making decisions based on how the world sees things. But we got to approach the Word of God to a, in a way that we can let it dwell in us, meaning we develop wisdom. We act on what the Bible says. We see things as God sees them. It, changed, it would change our perspective. It changed our life as a Christian as we approach the Bible, look through the lens of the Scripture and say, I just want to see it how God sees it. I want to approach this situation how God would approach this situation. Now, with our finite minds, we can't see it exactly like God, but with the Holy Spirit's help and the Word of God, we can approach things in a wise manner. Number three, let's turn to the book of John. John chapter number 17. John chapter number 17. And I'll read verse number six when we get there. But when it comes to our attitude towards the word of God, number three, we should be tenacious in keeping the word of God. John 17, verse 6, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. This is Jesus talking to his heavenly father, his father. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me. And notice this next phrase, and they have kept thy word. We should be tenacious when it comes to keeping the word of God. Sometimes as Christians, we act as though the word of God is not a big deal. The way Christians choose churches today, it's not, they're not, they don't choose them based on is the word of God preached. It's who has this or what, do you, what, what is this or am I entertained or what is the program. We should hold to the word of God tenaciously. Let me sum it like this and I've got, I've got to hasten and move along. In spite of life's hardships and circumstances, we hold to the Word of God. We keep the Word of God. Uh, many of you have been, you've been saved for, for, of course, many decades. You've been a member of this church for many decades. You would give testimony to this to some who just hasn't lived as long as you. Just because life brings you something you didn't expect, didn't mean it's God, doesn't mean it's God's fault. Doesn't mean it's the church's fault. Doesn't mean it's the pastor's fault. Well, I was serving God, and why did this happen? It's called life. 
It's called living. Read the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, it reminds us of that. Just because we're saved doesn't mean we're exempt from hardship. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us the closer we get to the Word of God, the more that our adversary, the devil, is going to try and hinder us and attack us and try and put temptation in front of us. The Bible tells us that. So through, in the midst of life's circumstances and hardships, when we can hold to the Word of God and not give it up, that's spiritual success. That's the right kind of attitude. You know what? Every Christian here needs to make up their mind. I'm never leaving my Bible. I don't mean just leaving it at church either. But you're holding to the Word of God. You're not, not going to give it up. You're going to continue to live in the Bible. And by the way, when you walk away from a Bible-believing church, you're giving up the Word of God. You're giving it up. You're betraying the written Word, who is the living Word. There's no other way of, of saying it without it being dishonest. But we ought to be tenacious in keeping the Word of God. Turn, same book, uh, John chapter number 8. John chapter number 8. And we'll look at the fourth attitude that we ought to have an approaching. We should be unwavering in the Word of God. Unwavering. John chapter number 8 and verse 31. Very simple verse. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Everybody likes to talk about, I'm a disciple of Christ. I'm a disciple of Christ. I'm a disciple of Christ. Well, according to my Bible, there's a lot of people who claim to be a disciple of Christ who aren't a disciple of Christ. And he's given instruction to all of those who I want to follow, I want to follow him. Another passage, of course, he says, pick up your cross and follow me. But to be a disciple, he says, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. We're to be unwavering in the word of God. That's how we are a disciple of Christ. Now, to be a Christian, to be a child of God, all you have to do is trust Christ as your Savior, depend on Him for salvation, and you're a child of His. There's no work involved in you getting saved. We understand that, right? It's all faith. It's all the grace of God. Nothing we could do to be saved, to be converted. Nothing. But it's a whole different matter to be a disciple of His. And simply put, to be a disciple, we must be unwavering in our continuing in the Word of God. We continue in obedience to the Word of God. Again, it's not how much of the Bible that we could quote or we know. How much of it that we know are we living are we continuing in it? Are we being obedient to it? If you want to be a disciple, I would, I, would, I would hope that everyone in here wants to be a disciple of Christ. There's more to it than just coming to church three times a week, although you should come to church three times a week. There's more to it than that. It's daily. How are you living according to the Word of God? Are you continuing in it? Um, it's more than having a t-shirt that says, I have decided to follow Jesus. Now, anybody can get one of those off eBay. I mean, that's just the way it is. And going back to the first point I made tonight, 
you know, when you stand before, when we all stand before God one day and give an account, you wearing I have decided t-shirt isn't going to make much of a difference. Because he's going to have his word and he's going to say, how much have you obeyed my word? How much have you lived in my word? We should be unwavering in the word of God. How to succeed in the Christian life. Do you, do you want to su- succeed in the Christian life tonight? I hope you do. I believe you do. We complicate it. Simply put tonight, just follow the word of God. Do what the Bible says. Uh, put the Bible uh, in, into your life. Number five, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. Second Corinthians chapter number 3, we'll read verse 3. And the fifth attitude we should approach the Word of God with is, is an attitude of living out the Word of God faithfully. Being faithful in, our, in living the Word of God. Second Corinthians 3, 3. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living of God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart, so what this verse is reminding us is the Christian is to be the world's Bible. What do I mean by that? That we have lived in such a way that there's enough Bible in us for the world to see that there's something different about us. It's our testimony. It is our, it's, 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 the, it's us living out the word of God. This world should see this, this, this foolishness it's, it, it's a lie of the devil that he has propagated and Christians have fallen for it. They say, well, we just don't, we just got to blend in. We don't, no, that's not what we're supposed to do. Oh, people come to church. We don't want them to feel like they're any different. So, so, so we want their, 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 their church service to feel on Sunday morning like their, their, their bar and their dance hall felt like on Saturday night. Well, I wouldn't put it like that. Well, of course you wouldn't put it like that. We're supposed, it's supposed to be something different. So, so the world sees what we are living. Let me tell you what is more effective than you just carrying a big old King James Bible. Is you on Monday living the King James Bible. You on Tuesday living the Bible. Let me, let me ask you a question tonight. The people you work with, can they tell you're saved by the life you live? Or are your jokes the same? Is your honesty the same? Your actions the same? Your language the same? Depending on where you work and how you operate, you dress the same. Can people tell there's something different? Well, now you're talking about legalism. Well, you don't know what, what you're talking about. Because according to my Bible, the world is supposed to be able to see the Bible in us. It doesn't bother me when somebody walks up to me and says, Are you a preacher? Are you a Christian? 
We're supposed to live it. Live, 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 live out the word of God. That includes uh, a Christian. We're supposed to depend by faith on God. If, if, if our neighbors and our co-workers and family, they're around us enough and through the years they get to know us, at some point we're going to face something that they are going to be an eyewitness to. How do we respond to it? We respond with patience, as the scripture says. We respond by faith. I'd like to spend more time on this one, but we're to live the word of God. That's an attitude we ought to approach. I want, I want, I want to, and this might help some of you tonight, when, when you approach the word of God. I've got to get into the word of God so it changes me. Because I'm going to go out into this world, and I want this world to see the Bible in me. You know, it's sad. There's, there, there's a lot of Christians running around in this world, and many who I believe are truly saved, but they've got no Bible in them. And that's why they look exactly like the world. I don't know why I'm on, on this tonight, but, um, you know, the teaching I did on the emerging church, and you run into these, you know, worship leaders and worship pastors and counseling pastors and, hold on, I'll get to all of them in just a minute. And uh, uh, I'm sitting of thinking, man. How many pastors do you have? One. You guys can't keep up? Anyway, um, uh, the, all these, and they're like, we dress like this because, because this is the way everybody, we act this way because, you know, they got all these mod haircuts and mod things and all things. And I'm sitting there thinking, I've never seen anybody that looks like you. Never. Why is it you run into Christians and they, and they blend in? I'm, I'm, I'm pointing out what's very simple tonight. It's because there's no Bible dwelling in them for the world to read. Uh, number six. Philippians chapter number two. Philippians chapter number two. We should be, number six, we should be bold in holding the word of God. Verse 16, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Is the word of God true? Is this a living book? Is this really the light that shines on my path? Is this, as the scripture says of itself, sharper than any two-edged sword? It is. This is the most powerful thing on the planet. Is the living word of God. Need we be reminded that it was God who spoke everything into existence? It's the word of God. So holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. If this, and it is, the living word of God, if it's sharper than any two-edged sword, then why aren't we bolder with it? Why aren't we quicker to confront Satan with it? Why aren't we bold in how we live it? Bold in how we use it? Bold in the lamp that it is, not just to us, but to this world. Do we realize that what is necessary in this world we live in today is the gospel, is the word of God? We must have the word of God 
We ought to be bold. That ought to be our attitude when it comes to the Word of God. We approach it boldly in our, in our daily walk with God, our daily relationship with God, because I know what this is. I know the power and the authority of the Word of God. I ought to live it out in my life. I ought to be bold with it because it has the power that nothing else has. I ought to be bold in holding the Word of God. Don't be embarrassed because you're a Bible believer. I don't get embarrassed because as a preacher, I still believe that the King James Bible is the preserved Word of God. I don't get embarrassed by that. I'm embarrassed because you used to be. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not going to be bold with it. I'm not going to be embarrassed that I'm not going to be at a family function on Sunday because the Bible says to be in the house of God. I'm not embarrassed by that. I'm not embarrassed to rear my children, to rear my girls the way I rear them because the Word of God says so. I'm not embarrassed by that. Well, it's the most powerful thing in the world. Well, be bold in it. Now, the more I don't take your family Bible to work and slap your supervisor with it, that's not the way, that's not what I'm talking about. But be bold in living the Word of God. Be bold in His power. Don't underestimate the power of Scripture in just giving a gospel tract. Don't underestimate the power of Scripture and just using a verse of Scripture to, to, to comfort. I've got to give you number seven. I'm out of time. Book of Psalms, chapter number one. The seventh attitude tonight that I'll mention that we should approach the Word of God with is a prayerful attitude of meditation. We should approach the Word of God in a prayerful attitude of meditation. Psalms 1 verse 2, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. This is the blessed man. If you recall, I taught on this chapter for several weeks. The blessed man meditates on the Word of God day and night. Prayerfully meditates. How often do you think about what you read in the Bible? How often do you think about the Lord, Lord speaks to your heart on a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, a Wednesday night, something that, 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 that was in the message, something that the Holy Spirit of God spoke to you about? How long does it take you to forget about it? We're all prone to do that. That's why we have to approach, that's how we approach the Word of God. In, in the morning when we're reading our Bible, when we're, when we're taking the time to read the Bible and, and, we, and we get a verse of Scripture, we get a truth, do we just highlight it and mark it and say, oh man, that's good, it's exactly what I needed, close our Bible and go about our day? We're blessed when we meditate on it, chew on it, muse on it, think about it. Well, that's what you ought to do. You get something on Sunday. I hope you get something on Sunday. You should you, be very, very careful of running out of here and, and, and running home and getting busy into the week and forgetting what God gave you on a Sunday. Well, I think about it. I muse on it. We, have to, we need to do this in our, in our daily Bible reading. I'm going to read, and I think you ought to have goals of reading the Scripture. And, and I think, you know, as we put it in the bulletin, if you just follow what's on the bulletin, you can read through the Bible in a year. What an accomplishment. And, and I think you ought to do that, but there ought to be sometimes that something the Word of God 
The Holy Spirit of God uses that to stop you in chapter, the first chapter you read. I know we have our short amount of time that we've set aside to read the Bible to get to our day. But every once in a while, there ought to be something that says, I don't know if I'm going to get to the rest of the chapters today because I can't get past this verse. And you might have to get, get in the shower, get your coffee, and still go to work because I don't think that's going to fly with your supervisor why you couldn't show up. The Word of God just got a hold of me this morning. I couldn't get there. I, you're going to have... What would be wrong with writing it on a 3 by 5 card and, t- and holding it with you? What would be wrong with thinking about it all day? What would be wrong with having a Bible in your car or a Bible with you on break and, boy, just picking up and thinking about it? Because the Scripture says, Blessed is the man, he's prosperous, he's successful, who meditates on it day and night. There have been times in my life when, you know, we talk about things of life just happen. When I couldn't read passages of Scripture, I'd just hold the one verse. That's what I thought about all through the day. That's what I thought about. Meditate on it. It's an attitude that we should approach with Scripture. Matter of fact, all of these go together. The more I meditate on Scripture, the more it becomes part of me, the more it dwells in me, the more I establish some Bible wisdom. But we, we have the Word of God. Aren't you excited to have the Word of God? We know that. We know how valuable it is. So many in other parts of the world don't have the Scripture. I've had, I've had the privilege of being in foreign countries when we brought some Bibles in those languages and, they, and, and, and we, don't have a, we don't even have enough to even, even, even satisfy the people who were there. They go like that. We have the Bible. We have access to multiple copies of the Bible. So we've got to be very, very guarded in our attitude as we approach it so that we can allow the Word of God to have the place in our life that the Word of God should have in our life. Father, help us to...